At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we did. Government is the problem. Welcome, everybody, to a liberal and a conservative. Walk into a bar. My name is Matt, and I'm a liberal. My name is Tim. I'm a conservative. Thank you so much for joining us. Be sure and check out our website at libcon.podbeam.com. We're in the iTunes store. We're in the Google Play store. We're on Stitcher. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at libcon. Matt, Tim is libcon. Tim, and buy Tim's book on Amazon. It's called Things I Want. Um, we uh, So, okay, I'm going to tell you a story. So... Here's 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 how it went down. Like a couple weeks back, we 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 recorded a show, and uh and it was good. It was a very good show. I I did the 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 little intro thing. I did it really quickly, and I was very proud of myself. And 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 we made this Tim ask this question: What the hell happened to Sean Spicer? And I'm I'm entirely convinced that everything that happened after we recorded that show was your fault for asking that question. Because what what happened was like, you know, we had some we had some we had some stuff go down like Tim Tim forgot to put the show up to where I could get it and then I I got uh, to not feeling well and 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 wasn't able to get it done. So I actually posted it like 10 days after we recorded it. And in that 10-day time span, an entire year's worth of news happened. And so that show was just completely nuked. And, and, and like you asked the question about Spicer and then literally like two days after that, he was gone. It was just absolutely batshit. Everything that happened. I, I, I don't, I don't even, I, I'm, I'm, were were you just baffled by the whole thing? I mean, baffled by the fact that there was severe upturn and ridiculousness at the white house. Uh, no, I were you baffled? Never mind. <laughs> like, I don't really understand. Like, yeah, I mean, there was more crazy. You know, like yes, there was more upheaval. That's, but I mean, that's all I got. You know, the Sarah Mucci yeah. guy was uh, that was weird. Um, Spicer is not even. Is Spicer even gone still? Like, or is he? Oh yeah, no, he's gone. He's turning down invites from Dancing with the Stars. Okay, so he did actually because there because Sarah Mucci quit before Spicer even had time to work out his notice. So there was talk that no. he may not because he left because of Mucci. So no, spicy's spicy's gone. Spicy I'm 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 glad Scaramucci's gone because I refused to call himself the Mooch. Which is the way he wanted to refer to himself, because like Trump, he refers to himself in the third person. So, uh, you know, I mean, apparently that's what these folks do. So, you know, what do you, what do you, what do you I don't know. I got nothing. So, so did, did Kelly boot him? Was that Kelly who did that? Yes. That's the word on the street that Kelly, Kelly, Kelly that's said, awesome. done. get out. So, you know, it, I, uh, I don't know. Whatever. So, long story short, uh, first of all, how, how are you? Are, are you? are you well? Yeah, I'm good. Excited to talk about some news. Outstanding. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, I want to give a quick shout out to our fan sports gal who hit me up on Twitter a couple of days ago, and, and I have yet to get back and uh, and say hello. She's really just checking in to see how, see how we were doing. So, uh, we're 
We're well. Uh, I I believe we're gonna take a couple weeks off after this because I'm gonna be out of town and you're you're moving. Uh, and hopefully this is the end. Correct. You're, our our ability to record the next little bit seems to be stymied by life. Uh, well, I hope not. Hopefully we'll be able to find a way. Uh, well, yeah, we'll 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 see how that goes. But uh, yeah, so um, we we have we have lots to talk about. We're really just gonna kind of go down the list with all this crazy nonsense that happened, beginning with. The end of, or at least for now, the end of Obamacare repeal, because that all happened too with that one night and McCain and the vote and the did did you see CNN really legitimately did one of those like here's how the football play went down things with McCain's vote like they had little numbers and were drawing lines on the screen here comes John McCain from the side. Oh, that's awesome. No, I did not see that. Oh, my God. They, they showed it on John Oliver, and I thought he's got to be kidding. They didn't really do that. But, no, they, they, they really did that. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? So, I just I, – you, you saw the whole thing. What, what, what did you I – mean, we've, we've beat healthcare repealed to death. I'm not actually looking for, you know, thoughts on the whole thing. But, I mean, just any, anything about how all that went down. Uh, man, it, it restored a little bit of my faith in, um, McCain, you know, I, I mean, it, I guess maybe that's not fair. I mean, he's, he's done plenty over the last year to make me feel, make me like him. But there was a part of me that in all of the stuff going on that I was sitting, you know, sitting there like, well, so are you going to vote for this stuff? Like, is it always seemed like it was Lisa Murkowski or Susan Collins who were standing up against these things. And I was just always sitting there like, well, where's, where's John McCain? Like, shouldn't you be standing up against these bills? And so I, I was pretty thrilled to, that, uh, he threw down his vote against it. Um, cause, because I was against that. I, I didn't think that this was, um, this was, this was in no way, shape or form the way to go about crafting a healthcare bill. Uh, while I get everything Ryan has said about needing to do a piecemeal, uh, I don't think that's the best way to go about it. I mean, the best way to go about it is to do either one, uh, actually just trying to fix the problems with Obamacare or clearing the entire slate and replacing our healthcare system with something completely new uh, that's crafted based on the ideals of both Republicans and Democrats. So... I have to admit, I took no small amount of glee in watching the McConnell's remarks afterward and the look on his face when McCain voted no and just all of the, all of it It was just, it was just great. I do. It was, it was, it was great. I I loved it. I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not even going to miss words. I don't, you know, I, I, that was, that was, that was just amazing. Like I stayed up that night. Till about 12.30, 12.45, thinking, you know, I want to see how this shakes out because it was really, you know, it is a big deal. And uh, and then I, I I went to bed just thinking, well, I can't wait these guys out anymore. I was I, I was I was outshone by a number of 75 year old white guys um, from a standpoint of staying up late. And uh, and and I, I went to bed and then I got up in the morning and the first thing I did was look at the news and I saw that McCain and I just I, it was it was just great. I big shout out though to uh, Lisa Murkowski and Susan Collins who I mean what McCain did was cool and it it had that dramatic sort of you know 
giving McConnell either a thumbs down or a middle finger could have been either one. It, it was a very dramatic moment. But frankly, you know, Murkowski and Collins were against this thing from the beginning and they stuck to their guns, man, all the way through it. And they deserve a lot of credit for, you know, standing up. And and I, I think very highly of them uh, at this point. That was, you know, that was that was big and they deserve a lot of credit for that. Um, I'm, I'm amused by the president's attempts to pin this on Democrats as though Democrats would have supported this in the first place. They've been, they've been getting spit on by Republicans for all this whole time. They got spit on most of the time, um, while the last several years that Obama was in office. So there's no reason why a Democrat was just going to sort of magically jump up and go, Oh yeah, I'll support that. Give me a break. Um, you know, and now it's time we move on. So we see what happens next. This does not mean this is over. Still plenty of different things that could happen. There have been a couple of really interesting proposals that have come out from there's this problem solver solver proposal from this problem solver group in, uh, in the health, in, in the house, uh, from, about a total of 40 members or so about going halvesies Republicans and Democrats that are trying to put forth some ideas and put together a bill. And Paul Ryan is not in any way interested. I'm told I've read in a couple of places that there's a similar group of senators that are also trying to do the same thing. Where where did you read that Ryan wasn't interested? Uh, it says, uh, where is it? It's in it, it's in the it's in the article I sent you. No, it's it's saying uh, that they need to get him on board. It's not saying that he's not interested. No, it's not I, as if I, he's I, come I, out and said, no, "I will I, not do this." They're just I saying that at some point they have to get the leadership involved. Um, he's he is he's he spoke he he gave a statement. If it's not in there, then I read it somewhere. He gave a statement saying he's not he is not going. That's not something we're going to be doing right now. That's exactly what he said. Uh, and there was a similar group that's trying to get something together in the Senate. They're not as far along as uh, the House folks were. And, of course, Mitch McConnell blew that off, too. I, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if there's a way for them to force the hand of leadership with this. I, 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 if you have enough. Like, I don't know enough about the rules. Like, if you get enough, if, if like, just say by some miracle, they literally did have enough votes to pass this. And Paul Ryan wasn't one of them. Could they bring it to the floor? Uh, you know, I honestly don't know. I, I don't know how those rules work. I'm, I'm not sure. It seems to me like uh, too much power put in on one thing and with one person. Right, for them to just be able to completely shut something down, um, in 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 both in in both sides of the legislature, it would seem like that was an awful lot. If that's the case, that the majority leader slash speaker of the house has an awful lot of power. Yeah, that that does seem like a bit much. Um, and you're right, Ryan. Did, Ryan did come out and say that you read it on. I'm assuming you read it on CNN. But yeah, his, his spokeswoman said that while the speaker appreciates members coming together to put ideas, he remains focused on repealing and replacing Obamacare. 
But so. replacing with what? I mean, if if these people are putting out a plan that does repl- that fixes it, then mm-hmm. why would you need to replace it? Why would you? St- it's again, it's that stick into that. We had repeal, replace, repeal, replace, repeal, replace, root and branch, whatever. There, there's literally there is a part of me that wants to go out in my yard now, pull up a plant, cut off the roots, put them in a box with a branch, and send it to Mitch McConnell. I'm not gonna do it, but don't think I haven't thought of it. Yeah, I mean that. I mean, there's there's just no other word than I guess unfortunate for um, that that sort of response. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, what what do you think of their proposal? I mean, do you like it? Do you agree with it? What do you? Um, I mean, it. I I the things that I like about it is that it it seems to be taking ideas from both sides. I have to admit, it's been a, a week or so since I read the the sort of breakdown that Vox had on it. Um, but one of the things that I liked is that it it takes some things that are important to Democrats and some things that are important to Republicans and uh, puts them uh, sort of, and puts them together in a bill. Um, you know, it uh, knocking down. I think one of the big things that I, I remember noticing out of it, that's a Republican thing is this idea of uh, taxing businesses over 50 Employees, and this brings that number. It doesn't get rid of it, but it brings the number up to five hundred. Okay? Yeah, yeah. And I'm I like. not. I, 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 I do think I like that. It. I, I wonder if maybe there's not a. I feel like fifty was too little. Uh, 50, 50 was too too small a number, but then five hundred might be a little bit much. I think maybe once you get to like two fifty, then I, I, I think that's where that starts to. But, you know, uh, 500, I think, is good. And it and it also, uh, you know, it knocks out this medical device tax, uh, which, I mean, I don't know. Republicans love to harp on that one. Uh, I mean, apart from paying for stuff, I don't know what all it accomplishes. And the thing that makes me that does make me worry is that, you know, every time you put in a tax like that, then a lot of times that cost gets passed on to the consumer. And in this case, the consumer is hospitals. So you have this tax that forces hospitals to drive their price up, which forces them uh, to have to charge more to insurance companies. So they end up having the insurance companies have to charge more. And that's when it winds up back on us. So it feels sort of self-defeating in a lot of ways. I, but I mean, I don't know. Is there more about that than I, the medical device tax that I'm missing? Uh, nothing I'm aware of. And I mean, personally, I don't, considering that two of the major points of the bill are making sure that we're paying, you know, the, the making these subsidy payments and then also establishing the stability fund, getting rid of a tax doesn't seem wise to me. Uh, seems like we need to keep that money because we need to pay for these funds and that we're, that we're shelling out. Um, one of the things I thought was interesting was it also brought up again the idea of selling insurance across state lines. And they highlighted one thing, which was the fact that they already technically can, right? That was already part of the Affordable Care Act. But it was one of those things that sort of got lost 
in the shuffle of everything. So they set up the Affordable Care Act. This was supposed to be part of it. But the federal government never got around to writing the regulations for how this could be done. Uh, and so this is the this bill is taking steps to do that. Um, but at the same time, they also raised the point of that that, that may not be a, this great you know market opening up thing because the way insurances work is you know they're establishing networks of hospitals and such that you can use, and most hospitals are at least right now more local, right? You don't see a lot of national chains. <coughs> Excuse me. You don't see a lot of national chains of hospitals, uh, from my understanding at this point. So trying to establish massive nationwide networks that you could go anywhere with this insurance plan is a little tricky. Okay. Why? Why does that make that why why does having national hospital change make a change make a difference with that well so say i'm you know so i've started up my Chaucer health insurance company right and i'm going to establish a deal you know i'm going to be a kentucky health insurance company and so i'm going to establish a deal with these kentucky hospitals right um But if I now have to establish deals with, if I want to go national, not only do I need to work out deals with Kentucky hospitals, I have to work out deals with Indiana hospitals, Ohio hospitals, all hospitals all across the U.S. Does that make sense? And so it's just that much more negotiating that you have to do. Now, that said, there are some health insurance companies that are enormous right uh you know for example i would think anthem and uh etna right these are very large insurance companies they probably wouldn't have any problem doing that right because they already have deals worked out and then they've just divided themselves up by states um but some of the smaller insurance companies this might be an issue so it's not saying it's a bad idea. It's just saying it may not be the exploding look at this amazing free market of health insurances that we've created. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, but I mean, I, you know, it's I, I guess I, I, I don't. Again, I come back to the car insurance thing. I, I know that legally there are all sorts of different r- laws and rules. Like I wound up paying. I remember when I moved to North Carolina from Kentucky. I wound up paying more in car insurance than I was in Kentucky because of some law thing that North Carolina had that Kentucky didn't. And and it bumped up my rate by like, I don't know, $6 for a six month period. It wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. It was just like, like your six month, your six month, uh, plan went from like 500 to 510 or something like that. I don't know. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that major, but it was just a thing I noticed. And it's because, you know, things are different in North Carolina and they're in Kentucky. Okay, well fine. Um, it's still a national company that sells my insurance. And it's like you said, you've got all these other, uh, you know, companies that are already national companies, Aetna, Anthem, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. But, they have their own groups that run for each state. 
what would be wrong with, again, like car insurance, you have Blue Cross Blue Shield, and they just know that they have different rules to abide by in North Carolina. Nothing, right? There, there's nothing wrong with this. I'm not saying that this is a, a bad idea or that it won't help some, but at the minimum, it will just take time for more and more health insurance companies to grow to the level that they are large, multi-state insurance companies. You know, we're able to name three. I'm, I'm just not sure if there's a lot of them out there that have that level of breadth. Now, once these rules get put in place, inevitably, hopefully these things will start to grow and grow and grow to where there's more and more that are able to offer that sort of thing. Uh, but just right off the bat, it probably won't have the enormous change that people are hoping for. Maybe it will, it, but it makes sense to me that this would probably take some time. Fair enough. Well, yeah, we'll just see how it shakes out. But you know, right now it's not going to shake out at all. I mean, interesting things that are happening now is that you know markets are not stabilizing. Republicans are not governing. They're not doing. They've been causing all this instability in all of these markets that have been having difficulty, these insurance plans that have been holding off and saying whether or not they're going to offer plans or not, and what those what their rates are going to be and all these other things, because these these things have to get set now. And they've been waiting for Republicans to make their move. And well, now Republicans just aren't making a move. So everybody's kind of going, uh, okay, well, I guess we got to what? Um, yeah, and, and that's an enormously frustrating thing to see from the party that's supposed to be the party of smart business. Uh, businesses require stability. They need clarity. They need to know what's coming and what's going to happen. Uh, and this is not something that the Republican Party is providing, much less is Donald Trump providing. Uh, there is very little stability at this time. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but we, we remain, we have now gone back into wait and see mode on healthcare. So, uh, before I get into some of this other stuff, so the job reports came out. I know this isn't on the agenda. The job report came out a couple of days ago. Something like quarter million jobs added in July or whatever. Big. It was a good. It was a good report. Uh, it's still Barack Obama's report. Just saying, but you know, uh, so uh, there have been some interesting moves in the last little bit that I I I just want to pick your brain about, even though we haven't really looked into them. With the Foxconn thing, and then. Toyota has announced that they're going to build a couple of uh, plants or another plant somewhere. Uh, maybe they haven't said where, but they're they're going to shift. They're going to build Corollas here. They're shifting stuff around. Now, some things that have gotten lost in the media's coverage about this, and certainly in the Trump administration's coverage of all of this, because I know you've been watching diligently uh, the Trump channel on Facebook to get your daily dose of uh you know, uh, fearless leaders, real news, you know, starring now Kaylee McEnany, uh, who left CNN to go work for Trump on Facebook. Um, the, on, do you think I'm not lying? I can watch CNN now. They got rid of Kaylee. She went to go work for Facebook. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so Foxconn has done this before. This is the one reason that, that the Foxconn thing is interesting because I don't know. You know what? Maybe maybe that doesn't happen under President Clinton. But it did happen once under President Obama. 
They promised to build a plant in Pennsylvania a few years back that has yet to materialize. Now they've promised to build this plant in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, and we don't really know the details. We know how many jobs they want to create. And we know that there are massive statewide incentives. Do you mean Michigan? Think, no, in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Fox, Fox, Foxconn's plant. Okay. Gotcha. The Apple people. Uh, the, uh, I think I read somewhere that there was it like a million dollars a job or something, depending on in, in state budget cuts or something, depending on how much it was going to cost them to actually come to Wisconsin if they do it. So, and then maybe is Toyota's in Michigan? I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. But one, and the thing with Toyota is, is that Toyota, remember a, a while back you had Toyota made an announcement they were going to build a plant in Mexico and Trump got on Twitter and, you know, might, might pay big border tax, Trump mad, bah. Um, and uh, somebody, I think it was Newt, said, well, now they're not going to build that plant in Mexico. They're going to bring it here, and it's all because of Donald, blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, no, they're actually still building the plant in Mexico. That's still happening. And they're there, but they're going to put another plant here. Toyota's got lots of plants here. One is in, Le- in just outside Lexington and Georgetown. Um, I, it still feels too early. Even if Trump had really done anything, which he hasn't, uh, for his stuff to really start making an effect yet like this. But it's worth que- asking the question: Do these are there, are these things happening because of Trump? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, did Foxconn say they were coming because of Trump? Did no, they? Trump said they said Trump. Trump said they were coming because of Trump. Yeah, I, I mean, the federal government isn't giving them any special tax breaks. Uh, they don't seem to be providing a real incentive there. You know, I mean. Scott Walker probably deserves some credit for negotiating and getting this deal done, but it sounds like they were debating which state to do it with, and Wisconsin won that battle. Uh, I mean, it's good news. So I'm, I'm not saying, saying that it's bad news, but it's but it's news to me to be just a little skeptical of until they like break ground on this kind of thing. Is that fair, you think? Yeah, I mean, let's let's wait and see. You know, I I think that's that's fair. I mean, how long is how long's Trump been president? Six months. Okay. So when Foxconn initially announced this six months ago, so I don't know if they announced it before he was president or or after or part of all the, you know, I I just don't know. There's there's no way for me to know that for sure. So unless Foxconn has specifically said we're coming here because of all the great things that President Trump has set up, uh, I think it's kind of up in the air. Not not as far as I know. They haven't said that. So um, cabinet looks a little different now than it did. Uh, again, you asked that question and that just threw everything. I'm, I'm convinced that's the whole reason why. So Spicy's out. Reince is out. Uh, 
uh, Anthony scared of little children, uh, is, is in, and then he was out. And now, uh, John Kelly is the chief of staff. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, is the new communications officer. Whether or not she's the communicate, she doesn't have the head of communications thing. Apparently, uh, Kellyanne is going after that one. Uh, but Sarah Huckabee Sanders has Sean Spicer's job. She's basically doing the same thing. Picking Wait, Kellyanne is the new communications director. Well, supposedly that's that's what that's <laughs> what I'm reading. Well, not that not that she is, but that that's what she wants. She wants to be the new communications director. Um. So now, now whether or not that's going to happen, I don't know. They haven't named, they haven't named anybody yet, so we'll see. Uh, but apparently, that's the job she's angling for. Uh, really, the more more important thing is is John Kelly is now the chief of staff. This is a guy that who is a who is a, he's another one of those my generals. He's one of Trump's generals that that he really respects because Trump deep down sees himself as this would be great military mind. So surrounding himself with all these generals, apparently they're the only ones that he listens to. So I'm fine with that. Uh, I, I don't know much about the guy. I, I, a lot of his comments when he was running ice, he seems very aggressive. He's not the kind of, he's not the kind of personality that I generally would click with, but okay. I will say that, you know, he did a lot of cleaning house. He got rid of, of Scaramucci who was, just a train wreck. Uh, and you know what? Trump's Twitter has been shockingly benign, particularly in the days leading up to his vacation. Uh, so I, you know, maybe, maybe this is the guy that can control him. I don't know. Do you know much about him? I mean, just good things, right? I mean, every, every, all of the, and to quote, Christopher Walken word on the street uh, about him has, has always been positive and good. Uh, He hasn't, I I tend to, I tended to agree with most of the statements that he made uh, as Homeland security um, director. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm jazzed. He, for me, he'd always been lumped in with that sort of access of the sensible that we've talked about. So I'm, happy to see him there. And I think you're right. And that Trump seems to listen to generals like him more than anyone else. So glad that there's someone in there who potentially Trump will listen to and who has the knowledge and experience to get things done. Fair enough. I wonder if he's listening to his generals on the ban on transgenders in the military. Does Uh, it sound like he is? I don't know. I the I, I couldn't find it. I went looking for it, but there was one one of one of the lead uh, personnel people in the army, the big deal, like a one of the one of those top guys in the in the army that you, that everybody in the army knows about, but civilians don't really know about. Basically, put out a statement and said, "The president has not actually issued a policy. He put out a tweet. Until I see a policy, nothing is changing." Um, who said that it was, this is, uh, 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 an army official, uh, who, uh, he's a, he was a, he's a general, he's a general three, four stars, big deal. He's one of those guys, you know, he's one of those guys that like, we don't know about, but everybody in the army knows about, you know, he's, he's, he's a big deal. 
And I can I could not find it. I can't even attribute it to anybody. But that's effectively what he said. When I see policy, it'll change. Twitter is not policy. Uh, I think that's and, fair. Uh, yeah, I think that's totally fair. Frankly, um, I here's here's the things that 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 kill me about this. One, it turns out none of the ultra conservatives that were have been making all this stink about tra- different transgender policies. They never asked for this. This was not something that anybody was really pushing him about. Two, it is, as John McCain said, is self-defeating. If somebody wants to fight for your country, for their country, then let them fight. What the hell's the problem? Uh, three, it, 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 it just, uh, the only thing that I could maybe try to make some sense of is this idea that the military would pay for sex reassignment surgery, which, you know what? I don't think the military should pay for sex reassignment surgery. If somebody who is in the military, if somebody who anywhere wants to have sex reassignment surgery, then go have sex reassignment surgery. Knock yourself out. But no, I don't think that the military should pay for it. I'm sorry. I don't, but, and, and that I could, I could sort of see my way too, but banning them outright, just where did, I don't even know where this came from. Well, where it came from is that they were banned, right? And they actually have been banned. They actually technically still are banned, right? Um, Obama lifted that policy in 2016 and it pending a one-year review which I think it was Mattis extended uh, when he took office. Um, and then Trump has just said, you know what? We're going to keep it banned. So, I mean, one, that's where it came from, right? He's just removing this policy that Obama had. Um, as far as the military... That, that would be the big thing, right? The big thing for me is why do but you there, want to ban them? Do you, are you wanting to ban them because strictly because of the idea that we're paying for their medical expenses? Or are you wanting to ban them because you don't feel like they can be effective soldiers? Um, and it doesn't sound like anyone is pushing the effective soldiers argument. I, no, all I have heard is this no. idea of not wanting to pay for the medical expenses, which here's a question. If a federal government worker in the somewhere in the white house, right. Or some congressional aid or someone, right. If they want to get the it guy, if he wants to get a sex change, and this requires hormonal things and lots of stuff that the government would there therefore have to pay. Does the government have to pay that? Is that part of health insurance? Well, and that's 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 to my other the point that I was about to make is that I, or that the problem with the argument that I made is that should the government pay for sex reassignment surgery? Am I saying no? Well, I I don't actually know how that's qualified. I I don't is is sex reassignment surgery is it is it plastic surgery? Is it like getting collagen from a classification standpoint? Or is it, you know, like getting your 
you know, getting your gallbladder yanked. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they classify that. Yeah. That, because that, it, it, because it is voluntary surgery, right? It, I mean, obviously it can't be like getting your gallbladder yanked because it's one is a medical necessity in that respect. But then I, I would bet that some people would ar- make the argument that for some people, sex reassignment surgery is a, is a medical necessity. I don't know. I don't. I don't actually know how that gets handled. I have no idea. Actually, no clue. Be an interesting thing to look up, though. Well, because that's because that's the big thing for me, right? Is that in the end, our military is part of the federal government. So, if a normal Joe Schmo federal government employee gets their health, gets sex change, and all this sorts of stuff covered via, um their health insurance that they receive through the government, then I don't see why we're differentiating for the army. It seems to me that if one is able to do it, then the others should be able to do it as well. Um, and it looks like they can, uh, again, thanks to Obama. Uh, he made it a rule that, uh, he appears to from just the brief amount of research I've been able to do that the, Federal benefits can no longer exclude gender transition services. So, if one, if that group of employees can do it, why can't the other? So, if Trump well, won, if that's the, if that's Trump's reasoning, right, is the the expense aspect, then he should be cowboying up and doing it across the board for the federal government. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, game set and match. I, I I think I think you just won that one. Moving right along. Uh, round of applause. Who you got? Jeff Flake. Um, I don't really know too much about him. Um, as far as what he's done in the past, uh, you know, he's from Arizona. I, I guess for some reason, a part of me had always sort of lumped him in with Tea Party stuff. I could be apparently it. Seems like maybe I'm completely wrong about that because he's certainly not acting right now in the way that I would have expected from a Tea Party type senator. Um, he he just wrote a book talking about the Republican Party and how it's drifted away from its principles. He's calling out President Trump, um, and so I I want to give my round of applause to him for standing up for his principles and calling the Republicans on their bullshit. Um, for the fact that we have stepped away from our principles. We don't, we, we've completely handed ourselves over to President Trump and his agenda. And long before that, we handed over our principles and agenda to the Tea Party and to the Freedom Caucus. Um, and what the big thing that he did just recently was he called us out for not standing up to the birther movement. That we should have said, this is stupid, we want no part of this. But we never did. We sort of always went, huh, well, you know, you never know. Um, so giant round of applause to him for standing up for his principles and calling on us to do the same. Uh, well, you kind of stole my round of applause. Oh, uh, sorry. Because I was going to give Senator Flake my round of applause. <laughs> Just like I, I did first. last week. So, yeah, you went first. Oh, well, for that exact thing. It was the it was the comment about the birthers that got my attention. I, I, I've, I've, I've been aware of, of Flake for a little while. I know he's, he's done some, this is not, this is, this is not his first, 
uh, time sort of standing up to the leadership. He's been, he really hasn't to my knowledge, been a, a tea party guy. He's been a little bit on my radar for a while. Um, the only thing that I'm, I'm that I do kind of want to call bullshit on in a little bit of a way though, is that he is doing all this stuff and he's saying these things that are really great. And he did that thing that I talked about last week by, you know, calling people out on Twitter who were bugging his opponent, uh, you know, for, for being uh Muslim. Um, that was a wonderful statement, but at the same time, he is still voting quite a lot with Trump's agenda. You notice in all the names of people who stood up to the repeal and replace nonsense, Jeff Flake's name wasn't on that list, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and he's voted for a lot of, a lot of the questionable nominees that, that he's put up. He hasn't stood up against any of that. He's largely been voting in line with the Trump agenda. If while at the same time talking an awful lot of crap, which he's talking a lot of crap that I agree with, but he needs to start putting his money where his mouth is when it comes to some of these votes. Uh, well, I really, I, so, I go ahead. I, well, no, I just, I guess his argument would be that he hasn't had a lot of chance to do that because there hasn't been a lot of stuff to vote on. Honestly, well, that's true. you know, like busy I mean, year for Mitch. I, I mean, really the primary, I mean, really voting for nominees it's, it's pretty standard, right? You know, I mean, it, it, the weird thing is a lot of blocking of nominees. That that would be odd. Um, so I, I don't know. I'm not going to give him too hard a time for putting a check mark on you know on the names of the nominees that that the that the president has put forth. Um, as far as the healthcare bill, well, you know, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, this was a crap bill. He should have stood up against it. But I, I think I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt for now and see. What happens once Congress theoretically actually starts passing bills? Uh, yeah, well, and one one would think that maybe they'll get around to that one of these days. Um, so I mean, there was a whole litany of other things that happened over the last few weeks. There was a thing with uh, you know uh, maybe maybe North Korea can nuke Chicago now. Maybe they can't. I don't know. That situation is not any better. Uh, China effectively told Trump to lay off Twitter, which was pretty amusing. Uh, the Russian sanctions bill went through, although Trump trashed it immediately after, you know, he signed it. Uh, lovely stuff with the Boy Scouts and best speech ever. No, it's not. And blah, blah, blah. I, you know, and then of course he did start his own channel on Facebook. I'm not making that up. Um, so um, before we get into the raise act and do any of those things warrant enough on your radar to, to comment on them? Um, we talked a lot about North Korea in the past. It's a bad deal. We need to see what they're going to do. Lots of bad choices. I don't know if there's much else out there. So, you know, Oh, and the grand jury thing, there's a grand jury now. So there's that. Well, the grand jury thing's huge, right? I mean, that, that's enormous. So, I mean, he, that's, that's another, clear steps towards prosecution yeah right yeah so that that's a big deal and i'm you know i I don't think i've made a secret that at this point i'm i'm hoping to see trump get impeached uh i'm i'm hoping they're going to find things that are reasons for him to be impeached we need to go through the process we need to make sure that we're crossing our t's and dotting our i's but i am hoping that at the end of the day trump will no longer be president um, so I'm weirdly happy to see 
things progressing as they are. Um, as for the sanctions bill, did they fix the issue that a lot of our European allies had with it? That it was going to affect their ability to get there. There was going to it might cause some struggles with um, energy prices and that sort of stuff for some of our allies. It sounded like they had fixed that, but I, I can't. I'm not certain. Do you, do you know? I was not even aware that that had been raised. To be honest with you. Okay. Well, that so, was no, that, that was there. There was sort of two issues that Trump, two angles from which Trump was going at it. One was that it was in, it was in, it was getting in the way of his ability as a president. It was violating the the separation of powers. Right. They were diving into what is supposed to be the presidential reign, uh, which I'm fine with. I, I was pretty okay with them dictating to Trump that uh, aspect of things. But the the idea that this might cause some issues for our allies that that had me concerned, but then I read somewhere something saying that they had addressed that issue once it had come up. So as long as they really did address that issue, then I'm good and fine with this. And I can't believe that with everything going on with all the Russia stuff, what, I mean, what choice did he have but to sign it? You know? Uh, oh yeah, no, he had no choice. No, so. He had to. I mean, it. The, the thing that one, I'm with you. The grand the grand jury is a big deal because to me, it, it does. It shows it means that they found something that that you know, and and they want to be able to compel people to testify that they think they might be having trouble getting them to testify, and that's what a grand jury can do. Or uh, one of the things that a grand jury can do through the power of subpoena. So he wanted that, and he's got it. Uh, they there's a lot of talk that they're going to find a way to protect Mueller through legislation. And that's got a lot of traction from, from the leadership. So that may well happen. Uh, there's one thing that I've been reading a lot about lately that I wanted. So a little, little, a couple, a couple of weeks ago, I had, I had a really bad week and it started because at the place where I, at the, the gym that I go to, there's two televisions on the top floor. And there's t- there's treadmills along the wall and the TV on the right is always on CNN and the TV on the left is always on Fox News. And I always am on the CNN treadmill and someone was on my treadmill when I got there and I got stuck on the Fox News treadmill and I ended up having to stand there and watch Fox News for a good 30 minutes while I was doing my thing. And I, I was amazed that when they were talking about the Russia thing, they were talking, it was all fake, again, fake news and media and everybody's wrong. And it was just wretched, ridiculous nonsense. But one of the things that had happened was that, you know, the Democrats put out this plan, this better deal or whatever it was that they, that, that has basically been ignored that nobody's really paid any attention to um, because it was sort of silly. And, uh, they uh, Fox News got mad that the media was paying more attention to the Russia story than they were about the fact that the Democrats had released this plan. And in releasing this plan, they had said that they effectively one of the reasons they lost 2016 was because they had to uh, they didn't have a good message, which everybody knew that that's one of the reasons they lost in 2016. That's not news. 
Anybody with a brain could tell you that that's why they lost 2016, or it's one of the reasons why they lost 2016. But Fox News was just outraged at the fact that the the real that the mainstream media was not paying attention to the fact that Democrats admitted that they had no message, and that that was a far bigger deal than the Russia thing, which was baffling to me. The Russia thing, to me. A good outcropping of it would be Trump not being in office. I'm okay with that. But it's not about whether or not Trump won or lost legitimately. I think I do think Trump won legitimately. It's not a matter of whether or not there were votes swayed really one way or the other. It's about the fact that the Russians tried. That they made an effort. It has nothing to do with whether or not they succeeded or whether or not they got Trump into office. I actually don't think that that's why Trump is in office, but I do think that they tried to sway it. And that's what it's about. That's what this Russia investigation to me is about. Finding out how they tried, why, and if anyone on the inside helped them out. Yeah, that's the the big thing for me is did anyone on the inside help them? You know, the fact that they were trying to sway our elections one way or the other, well, you know, we probably try to sway theirs one way or the other, you know? Um, I mean, if you're just doing that through propaganda, then I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure how illegal that can really be. Um, but it, anyone on the inside, especially in the Trump campaign, did anyone help them? Was there, was there collusion? That's the big thing. And that's huge. So the idea that anything going on almost right now is more important than that is, is a little ridiculous. That's, one of the most important things, you know, did our current admit people within our current administration collude with a foreign agent? That's a big deal and needs to be gotten to the bottom of. I'm fascinated by this idea that the, the Democrats lost because they didn't have a message, though. Um, I thought the Democrats lost because they nominated Hillary Clinton. I thought they had a message. I thought their messages were reasonably clear. I mean... It was a continuation. I thought so. I mean, a continuation of Barack Obama. I mean, that's what Hillary Clinton was. That was her thing. She was a she was a third term. Um, Yeah, but I think that that's but I think that that in part was a was a faulty message to a lot of people because it wasn't specific enough. I don't think. And I think that there are a lot. and, And she didn't make enough of an effort to address people who had concerns about her and to reach out to those people. She spent a lot of time reaching out to Democrats whose votes she was going to get one way or the other. And I don't think she really went out there and tried to get her message out and push that sort of thing to people who were on the fence, because the idea that anybody could be on the fence about her versus Donald Trump, I don't think that ever clicked with her and with a lot of people in the democratic party. I think that that was so outrageous to them that the idea that anybody could look at her versus Donald Trump and even consider Donald Trump, it just never resonated. They didn't actually believe that that was possible. So they didn't make an effort to really go after those people who really genuinely were on the fence and to push the message of how they continue moving forward as opposed to just this, we're just going to keep doing what we were, what we've been doing. And I think that that's where this idea that they had a trouble with messaging comes into play. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, I think in the end, the yeah, I think in the end, the primary issue was it was just Clinton herself, uh, as opposed to because I mean, she she had, I mean, she had policies, she had ideas, she had plans for how to handle things and the way to do things, um, but she didn't have a good, clear way to sell herself. Um, well, I, I guess in my head, sometimes I I keep. And I and I, I I and I think I've said that before because you're, you're right. I I probably have said that you know the problem wasn't so much the message as the messenger. Mm-hmm. But to a certain extent, I guess I sort of see those two things as part and parcel. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you have a good and message, now, it doesn't matter if you have a bad messenger. Yeah. And now the big thing is, and now you're right. There is no message now because it is, there there's no clear leader. You know, which is normal. You know, for a party that just lost an election. You know, all right, so moving forward, you know, what's our rallying cry? What are we pushing pushing forward? So hopefully hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. But I certainly this is not some sort of huge, massive news. It's just pretty standard. They lost an election and now they're having to regroup. Yeah. Done. It was it was it was pretty silly. I, I have to admit it, it, it. I had to stop. I had to. I had to. I had to. I had to, I had to cut my workout short because I just couldn't do it anymore. I was like, I gotta go. I can't watch this. Oh my goodness. Anyways, um. So, uh, the Rays Act. So there's been this proposal that that's come out of the Senate the last few days. That there was a big announcement with Trump and the the sponsoring senators. Tom Cotton is one of them, and. Uh, there's another guy, and I, I, I cannot think of his name, uh, who was there too. Uh, and then and the, the, this, is, this is about this idea that Cotton actually brought up several months ago. It might have even been before the election. This idea that we need to control, quote, legal immigration. We need to get legal immigration under control. Because that's really the problem. And, uh, and then, so they, they announced this plan with the specifics of which we'll talk about in a minute. And, and he had this great thing of Stephen Miller, who is a terrifying human being and always has been. If you read about this guy, it's just frightening in his background. Uh, and he just he's everything. I don't know. He's 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 like everything that's wrong with the with where conservatism went boiled down into a person. Uh, and he. uh uh, my favorite quote out of the thing was maybe, maybe we'll, maybe we'll make a, we'll car, we'll make a carve out in the bill that says the New York times can hire all the low skilled, less paid workers from other countries and see how you feel about the low wage situation. Then, Whew. uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so a, a lot of what this bill is intended to do is to narrow down the people that are allowed to come into the country legally by narrow, zeroing in on what they call, quote, higher quality people. Uh, they want to know the level of which they speak English, whether or not they have degrees and 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 use that as a cri- as as a criterion for allowing people into the country. Uh, that's the 50,000 foot view. I know you've done quite a bit of looking into this. So uh, what do you got? Well, some of it's good, right? And some of it's actually stuff that I've, that I've said 
repeatedly. You know, the the primary thing being that we have we need to get away from an immigration a legal immigration system that's based on bringing in family, right? So that's one of the main ways, main forms of legal immigration, right? Is you get one person here legally, and then they're able to start claiming people, right? So, I mean, this isn't talking about parents claiming their kids, right? Or kids just claiming a parent, right? They're, they're, not, they're not talking about that. They're, they're, we're talking about more extended sorts of things. Um, and, and I agree with that, right? Um, you know, I, I agree that as much as, you know, my, my wife would love probably for, to get her mom's citizenship and get her brothers, her brothers in here as well. I, I don't necessarily think that that's the way that our, that needs to be the foundation of our immigration policy. So I'm, I'm fine with that. And I even think it's a good thing. And the move towards a points based system, this makes sense as well to me, right? We are a, the, the United States itself is a, is an amazing commodity, right? So if we can use our amazing awesomeness as a country to get the best and the brightest over here, to be a part of this country, then, then fantastic. Uh, and a points-based system can help with that. Um, but, and it's a big but, that doesn't mean that we need to cut back on the number of immigrants, which is what this does. So, okay, sure, great, you've created a points-based system. All right, I'm in. I don't really give a crap about whether or not they speak English or not. You know, if you've got two PhDs, and you want to come over here, but you just don't speak English. Well, you know, I think you should still be able to come over here. But something tells me that with two PhDs, you're going to be able to learn. <clears throat> right. I think you'll pick this up. Um, but what we should have done was with the number of uh, visas that are allowed in this manner is something like 160, I think 160,000. We didn't increase that number. So we lopped off this one group. But we didn't raise the numbers for the other group. And that, I think that's where the big, giant, major flaw is. You know, you want to focus on bringing in a, the higher, higher skilled level of immigration. Okay, I, I don't necessarily think that's hugely important. Like, I just think we need to raise the total number of legal immigration overall. You, you want to focus on that? Okay, great, because those are the immigrants that are coming here, and they're going to create even more jobs, right? Um, but that's not what we did. All we did was cut off this one group, and that's no good. So, nor does, and nor does this do anything to address what is the, the real issue, which is illegal immigration, if anything, all this is going to do is increase illegal immigration because now all those people who have family here, they can't come in legally. So there's going to be all the more impetus for them to try to come illegally into this country because they're now not only are they trying to get to the United States, they're trying to get to their families. The best way for us to address the problem of illegal immigration is for us to make legal immigration easier. And that's not what this bill does. So it, it did one or two things right, but the overall emphasis of the bill is completely wrong. 
The emphasis of any legal immigration bill needs to be making legal immigration easier so as to cut back on illegal immigration. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and the, the other problem is, is that, and this is where I, I, the, this idea that, uh, you know, there's all this, you know, everybody is so easily outraged these days over these sorts of things. There was a lot in this bill to, to be concerned about one, the odds that it's going to pass as is slim, very slim. It doesn't have a lot of backing. Uh, it's not helped by the fact that nobody really likes Tom Cotton that much, as I understand it. Um, and it's got Trump support, which just have it clearly just having Trump support means nothing these days. Um, it, it, it is, it's the way that it was sold. It's sold in this method as though in the way that, that this administration and a lot of their backers in the Senate tend to sell immigration reform as though, Brown people are coming for your jobs and we're going to stop them. And this is how we're going to do it. And that's how they really tried to sell this bill as this way of stopping as, as, as though there are all of these low quote, low skill jobs out there that Americans are just dying to get into and do. And that's the cause of all the job problems that we have these days, which is inaccurate at best. Uh, and it, it doesn't, it's like you said, it just doesn't get to where the real problems with immigration are. They're looking in the wrong places. As I think Democrats do as well, very often. They they have never come up with a good, comprehensive, 100% awesome immigration bill. They had eight years to do it, never really put one together. Two years of complete control, they never bothered. So, you know, nobody looks good in this on this score to me on in, in either side of the aisle. This looks bad just on its face. Uh, because again, because of the way it's being sold. And like, as you said, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't address the real problems. And, and again, it's frustrating when we're supposed to be the party of business and we're not listening to businesses. Um, is when we do talk about, you know, low skilled workers, you know, we're talking about, migrant farm workers and the horse industry and the, these sorts of things that, that need immigration. They need low skilled immigrants coming into the country to do these things, to do these jobs. And they're, they're crying out, please help us. You know, we can't, you can't do this to us. You can't take us away from us. And we're not listening to them. Um, and that's very frustrating for me. Um, I, there are, there are, and we, but at the same time, we do need to listen to people who have concerns about uh, wage depression, and we do need to listen to people and, and understand the the worry and concerns that people have that you know low skilled immigration is damaging their wages or damaging their job opportunities, and we need to address those in an understanding manner and, and not lob them off as, oh, those are just racist people who don't want the brown folks coming and taking their jobs. We, we, we don't need to lump people in that manner. We just need to, 
we, we need to address their concerns rather than just shuffling them off as racist. No, and I'm not shoveling them off as racist. I'm, I am again pointing to leadership. It's a little bit like what it, it, it was in because it was in those comments that Stephen Miller made. And it's in the way that Tom Cotton has talked when he's campaigned, when he's been uh, making proposals in the Senate. That's this is this that is the message that they're putting out to their when their people come to them and say, "Okay, we have no jobs." That's what they come back with. Well, this is one of the reasons why. And instead of instead of addressing their constituents in such a way as saying, well, okay, maybe it, it does look that way, but it, that's really only telling you part of the story. This is why uh, you know immigration can be a good thing, and these are the ways that we're planning on tackling it. Uh, they just sort of, you know, the leadership continues to play into it. I'm not blaming uh, constituents necessarily for this. I am blaming leadership for the way that they sell these things and the way that they sold this bill. Well, and I would completely agree with that. Right. And then I would also turn around though and blame and be frustrated with democratic leadership for not doing a better job of, well, I guess going back to the message, getting out the message of how good immigration is for all of these people. And the great economic good that immigration is for our country. Um, Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. No. Right there with you. Yeah. It's 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 like I said. There's there's blame to go on both sides of the aisle. No. And I'm absolutely not. And I and I also don't agree with. There is one thing I do want to point out because you know that some of that change came from an, an ex, that uh, came from an exchange with Jim Acosta. I. Liberals, please lay off the Statue of Liberty, okay? The message on the Statue of Liberty is not policy. It's a poem. The Statue of Liberty was a gift from France. It was not built by Americans. It's not the law. It's pretty words on a statue. And they're great words. And it's a neat idea, but it's not the law. We have all these other things that are legal and... Uh, and and uh, business related that are reasons to have good immigration policy, better immigration policies than the Rays Act. The poem on the Statue of Liberty is not one of them. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> well, and I hate that because I do, you know, uh, the while, while it may be just pretty words that came from France, it it, it does embody a certain American spirit. That it is, yes. While, you're while we right. have struggled to uphold that, right? Because and because unfortunately, so much of our immigration policy throughout the the centuries has been based on fear, you know, and it's been against the Chinese, and then against the Italians, and then against the Irish, and then against the you know, um, and that's unfortunate and that's awful. But I still want to believe that there is a part of that American spirit that that wants to fulfill that that those pretty words on the on the statue. Um, that we are a nation of immigrants. That we do welcome the poor. That we do want to be the place where people can come to when they want a better life for their family. 
I, and I agree. And, and I'm, I wanted, I want to be that too, but at the same time, continuing to throw the statue of Liberty out there is not winning the argument. Correct. It's not working. We can win this argument exactly the way that you said, because Democrats have to get out there and explain why good immigration is good for good immigration policy is good for business and it's good for Americans and it's good for the country. And this is why running around quoting the statue of Liberty is not working. So yeah. Anyway, we got to go. That's all we got. You got anything else? I do not. Outstanding. I think you should totally take us out with something cool. Syria has opened its first solar powered hospital. In a war-turned country, one of the number one issues is a lack of basic services. And when it comes to a hospital, power and electricity are absolutely essential because all of those machines, those life-giving machines, depend upon that electricity. And when it's cutting out for days at a time, people are dying. So Syria has responded by creating its first solar-powered hospital. So that when the electricity does, from other sources, cuts out, the solar power is able to keep those people alive. And I think that is very cool. That's incredible. Really? Yep. Do we have any solar-powered hospitals? I don't think we do. That is so lame. We should. Uh, Well, they get a lot of sun. (laughs) No. Yes, I'm sure that's it. Well, that's 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 fantastic. That is that is that is extraordinarily cool. So, all right. Well, that's all we got. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been great talking to you. We will be we will be back uh, hopefully soon. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, have an outstanding week. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Libcom Matt. Tim's Libcom Tim. Take care of yourselves. 